typically in tradition, we will hyper-focus on the person speaking and the principle we should get from it, and which is good. That's, it's all, uh, you know, exegesis, understanding what was said back then that um, was said to them in the context so that we can actually um, understand the context of it and live, live through that. So, instead, today we're going to, we're actually going to kind of flip it. Traditionally, the sermon is kind of exalted, and the, the word is as well, but it's kind of like in the beginning, and then um, not too much is said afterwards. So today, we're actually going to hyper-focus on actually the word, the actual word. So we're going to read through the entire first chapter of Luke. Some of you are like, oh, really? Going to read an entire chapter, can't we do like three verses and then you say something about it and then like we get inspired and then we like talk afterwards about it and then we go back to our jobs and then we like forget it and then we're like, oh, what did he say about joy? Oh, I should have that, yeah, okay. Um, sorry, being hypercritical, but. Uh, <laughs> so we're gonna, basically what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna kind of give you the tools necessary to interpret the word this morning. Um, and then I'm just going to read it, and then we'll just respond, and that will be um, our service today. A little bit different, but um, seeing as though I had two days to prepare this, I felt like it was, you know, somewhat justified. <laughs> um, so, kind of give you what's coming behind this text, Luke, Luke 1, okay? It is kind of some historical context. It has been around 400 years that God has spoken through the prophets. That's a long time. Um, and you could, you could say that religiosity was, was a big thing because they're, they're waiting for this Messiah and they're opening the door to see if Elijah comes and they're like, nope, he's not here. And it just... I could just see it, just really that hope that resides uh, in who God is and how we live through that. I could see that really um, becoming a burden. So kind of that's the historical um, backdrop. Another thing is Luke's account, it's actually, it's based on his um, understanding of other people's experiences. So it's, it's, it's derived from eyewitnesses. And so this is important because a lot of what he is saying is really um, interviews of those who actually had encountered the Christ, the Messiah, Jesus. And so it's not necessarily his firsthand account. I'm sure, I'm sure he was there uh, among these things, but most of it is his findings he heard about this Messiah and was really, something happened here that was significant to him and he wanted to figure it out. He wanted to understand the flow of the events um, that happened. And um, finally we understand that Luke is like, he's a historian and a physician. So he's very, he's very delicate with details that are important as well as um, matters of the physical body. And so as you read, um, pay close attention, um, especially through um, 
39 through 42 of how John is depicted and how he's specific to point a child out and how he has um, begun this Emmanuel experience. These are the themes I want you to look at while we're looking through scripture, okay? So first is the contrast between Mary and Elizabeth. It's interesting that Luke's gospel is the only one that exposes um, or expresses Elizabeth's story, Elizabeth and Zechariah. And um, the text will explain kind of who they are. But keep that in mind as you kind of, there's a contrast between Mary and Elizabeth as bearers of, a ch- of children. Um, and then specifically, what makes Elizabeth joyful? What makes her feel joy in this text? Next will be um, the contrast between the two promises. There's a promise that's given to Zechariah, and then there's also a promise that's given to um, Mary. And there's, there's a very similar structure, but the result is different. And it's, it's super interesting um, how each of those kind of play out. Um, so, and kind of um, look, in, look a little bit deeper into how they respond to God's promise. That's a, that's a big key here. How do they respond? And finally, why does Gabriel react differently? Gabriel's the angel that actually expresses the word to Zechariah and, um, and Mary. So how he responds is important here. And finally, the Holy Spirit's activity around joy. What does, how does the, does the Holy Spirit invite joy into the situation, into 400 years of, vacant, of the vacancy of God? And so um, if anyone needs a Bible, does anyone want a physical, physical, physical Bible? Okay, okay, here we go. Actually, I don't even think you will. Maybe, I don't know. Would you all turn to uh, Luke chapter 1 with me? I'll try to make my voice sound exciting, so this is somewhat engaging. Luke chapter 1, just all through chapter 1. That's what we're going to read. God, would you let your word speak this morning? Lord, as we do something a little bit different and climb back to early traditions of um, reading your word out loud and us really finding something in it magical, Lord. I pray that you'd bless this time, that you'd continue to invite us in communion with you. 
And because of Jesus, we can be joyful at the hope that is to come, God. And that you really do move in the littlest things. There are things that we deem ordinary, mundane. And you provide a fresh new meaning for those things when our eyes are on you. So I pray this morning, Lord, that you would bring a fresh and a new understanding of our life and what it means to live joyfully and accept your invitation of rejoicing. Thank you, Lord. Many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us, just as they were handed down to us by those who from the first were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. With this in mind, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I too decided to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the certainty of the things you have been taught. In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife, Elizabeth, was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive, and they were both very old. Once when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by lot according to the custom of the priesthood to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time of the burning of incense came, all of the assembled worshipers were praying outside. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to them, him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zacharias saw him, he was startled and was gripping with fear. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zacharias. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and a delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink. Uh-oh. And he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah asks the angel, how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man and my wife is well along in years. The angel said to him, I am Gabriel.
stand, I stand in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens, because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondering why he stayed so long in the temple. When he came out, he could not speak to them. They realized he had seen a vision in the temple, for he kept making signs to them, but remained unable to speak. When his time of service was completed, he returned home. After this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and for five months remained in seclusion. The Lord has done this for me, she said. In these days, he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Excuse me. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid. Mary, you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she, who is said to be unable to conceive, is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me fulfilled. Then the angel left her. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zachariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leapt in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. And Mary said, 
My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their innermost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Mary then stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home. When it was time for Elizabeth to have her baby, she gave birth to a son. Her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown her great mercy and they shared her joy. On the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child and they were going to name him after his, fa his father, Zechariah. But his mother spoke up and said, no, he is to be called John. They said to her, there is no one among your relatives who has that name. Then they made signs to his father to find out what he would like to name the child. He asked for a writing tablet, and to everyone's astonishment, he wrote, his name is John. Immediately, his mouth was opened and his tongue set free, and he began to speak, praising God. All the neighbors were filled with awe, and throughout the hill country of Judea, people were talking about all these things. Everyone who heard this wonder, wondered about it, asking, what then is this child going to be? For the Lord's hand was with him. His father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied. Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come to his people and redeemed them. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. As he said through his holy prophets of long ago, salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us to show mercy to our ancestors and to remember his holy covenant the oath he swore to our father abraham to rescue us from the hand of our enemies to enable us to serve him without fear and holiness and righteousness before him all our days and you my child will be called a prophet of the most high for you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God, by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven, to shine on those living in darkness and the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the path of peace. And the child grew and became strong in spirit, and he lived in the wilderness until he peered publicly to Israel. That is the word of the Lord this morning. 